In my 32 years in SIU's Department of English, I wore a coat and tie every time that I taught a class. The only exception came in the 1970s, easily the worst fashion decade in American history, when I occasionally wore a sky-blue turtleneck sweater to go with my favorite tan corduroy jacket and bell-bottom trousers, usually Kelly Green or Fire Engine Red. Why I wasn't fired for displaying shockingly bad taste in the classroom remains, to this day, a mystery to me. Why my wife Anita let me out of the house while dressed in that ridiculous outfit remains an even bigger mystery. Every Christmas, until I retired in 2001, I would receive at least one tie from my family, usually something plain, striped, or plaid, thin or wide, long or short, but always something they thought was modest and appropriate for an English professor who could decipher James Joyce but had the worst taste in fashion imaginable. When I retired in 2001, I thought my Christmases of pretending to be happy with yet another tie were over, but I hadn't counted on my family exploiting my decision to live a second childhood by reading and writing about baseball. I soon discovered the suspiciously wrapped box that always had a tie in it now contained a baseball tie. Of course, one of the problems with all those baseball ties is that after I retired, I seldom had a reason or opportunity to wear one. I did, however, once I started writing about baseball, have occasional book signings and invitations to talk baseball, ranging from the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown to learning in retirement in Carbondale. So a few times a year, Anita would drag out a box of baseball ties out of the closet, take a deep breath, and tell me to pick one. Picking a baseball tie hasn't been that easy because, unlike me, Anita and our kids have a good sense of style. I have several baseball ties, including some duplicates that are interesting, and a few are quite remarkable. It's not surprising that more than a few ties are black and gold and bear the Pittsburgh Pirates logo. There are also ties with assorted images of bats, balls, and gloves, and one that has nothing more than the stitching from a baseball on it. One of my favorite ties has images of baseball grips for pitching everything from a fastball and a slider to a forkball, palm ball, and knuckler. Another has baseball autographs, including a larger-than-life Babe Ruth signature and a more modest Stanley Frank Musial. I also have a baseball tie with what looks like blueprints of classic Major League ballparks and their playing field dimensions. Most of the ballparks, like the Polo Grounds and Ebbets Field, no longer exist. My favorite tie has a reproduction of the famous Norman Rockwell baseball painting, usually titled The Three Umpires, that first appeared in the April 29, 1949 Saturday Evening Post and now hangs in the Hall of Fame's art gallery. It depicts a 1948 game played between the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Pittsburgh Pirates at Ebbets Field that is threatened by rain, with the Pirates holding a 1-0 lead over the Dodgers in the bottom of the sixth inning. While the umpires gaze at the dark clouds gathering, the Dodger manager, who wants the game to continue, points to the sky and gleefully notes that only a few raindrops are falling. The Pirates manager, who knows that if the rest of the game is canceled, the Pirates will win one nothing, acts as if he's in the middle of a monsoon. Anita and I actually have a copy of that Rockwell painting hanging in our living room. I don't know if I'll have many opportunities to wear a baseball tie in the future, but to paraphrase the title of a late 1960s television western, Have Gun, Will Travel, 
I can say, without exaggeration, half baseball ties will travel. As for picking the right tie, Anita, remembering my past fashion blunders, always makes sure that my choice has her approval and won't put those attending my talk at risk of damaging their eyesight. This is Pete Peterson. And his wife, Anita. Wishing you the best of holidays.